As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're 
chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy. Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida. 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active... I put some mints near my window. They were pre-screened. I know a guy. Who knows a guy? Who knows Bob Sicamano? I'm working some of the times. But those times are in the past. I wanted to find the whole me. So I looked in the middle. Hey, that's my material man. What are you, materialistic? I saw a light on in the bathroom. But it was in somebody else's apartment. Man, binoculars are expensive. I thought I had it all. But I just ran out. Now I can't do laundry. Could we possibly? Absolutely. Existence can't happen till it happens. The only exception is bullshit preceding the bull in a china shop. I closed all my browser tabs to save memory. But now I can't remember anything. I wanted some mindless entertainment. But I paid too much attention. And now I'm broke. I deleted my browser history because it was a textbook case. It said, are you sure? And I said, you were history. I smoked weed that had no expiration date, and now I'm like this permanently. If the sky was falling, which way's up? If I see you eye to eye, can either of us see anything else? I got a comforter. It's more comfortable than me. Beer comes in cans and bottles, that's gross. I got a notification in the mail today. It said please check your mail. I sent a thank you card, but I haven't mailed it. Beer nuts sure have got balls, to sell a product that contains no beer. I like to stretch rubber bands. They need the exercise. I'm hearing impaired, but only when I'm not listening. I built the perfect chair, but it was uncomfortable. I have a moral compass app on my phone. But I need to keep recharging it? The only thing to fear is fear itself. Isn't that a double whammy? I'm already afraid. Isn't settling up contradictory? Motions the handing money into the sky. 
When all is lost, you find everything. Message in a bottle reads, Help yourself. I lost a small package. Not a huge problem. I tried to sleep, but I got tired. I wrote a bit that killed. It was underscored in shock. I abbreviated doing well to well, and now I can't stop thinking about it. When your past catches up with you you're at a standstill. I tried to take pause, and now we're in reruns. I tried to compare then and now, and now it's later. I have odd times every other so often. I used to be really good, but there was a mix-up and now I'm just good. Really. I once was alone, but now I'm too alone. I have a car. But it drives me crazy. I tried to deliver a joke, but they sent it back. Now I have to write it all over again. I have indoor cat food, but I keep it outside. Diet Coke needs to improve their self-image. I bought something new yesterday, and today I returned it for false advertising. My faucet is hard to predict. It runs hot and cold. I had a time window, but now I'm of time and it's just a window. You have been a mild and peppered audience, you really have, I can hear you from here, Martha. Thanks and good night, this is Aqua Q. The mood of water, moves and sticks within and for itself, and as it's all around in the air and in the ground, and in its purity is non-reactive to the ironic core of our planet, or perhaps is very justly the stickiness which is hugely gravimetrical as tons and tons of immeasurable balance both pushing and pulling away. As our life does on these surfaces, the mood is a continuation of a flow of ideas, from the onset offset offshore shoring of its placement, drawn up likely just after a globule of immense cohesion first placed from where nearby likely as the likely and likening symmetrical force of the forceries of metal, or perhaps then rock or the trillions of particles and particulars of dirt and the many sands which were to be formed by its thrashing and absorption of vitality for the oceans and its creatures, which were then made into bones and fins to swim about and be about the very place which is life. Blood is a funny substance, sometimes warm and often cold, both providing for the creature and both containing the metals from the very undersurfaced earth. The cold has a very self and signaling duty for the non-observation of itself, as protective is life, towards a being which ne'er protects others, but is still serving in the facts of life and thus still available for life to continue justly. Our fish and our snake, both opposite sides of the planet course such a blood and seek themselves a warmth of the provider of others, however ironic in these cases which the provider is providing their very lives, including towards each other for the further unfortunate yet pathways justified ecosystem of the unbalanced or perhaps rebalancing of this bit of chaos, as mentioned earlier, which are additionals to chances not discovered initially and thoroughly enough at a creature's start to encode their messages justly for the equilibrium as designed for them, and so they carry on, and we do. The warmth, of this blood, provides for and about and furthering our previous hero, our caterpillar, whose lifetime has been discussed and enjoyed as he and she in fact did their entirety of life and living and carry forward their warmth towards the like and likeness of their kind and in kind others for these processes of continuation of success which is the forward and backward and still forward thinking and behavior of any creature with a wit to match the planet from an onset and lives very natural way to carry on this motion. So back to water. 
even in its purity, its electrons spin, and thus it finds its own environment, perhaps against a rock or a trough or a larger body with the sky above it. And I do believe it knows its surface. For the surface is where it changes, and surely even a simple electron knows about change, for that is its very nature, and so they spin in a line, and spin, and because they have the ability to see their proton as larger than life to itself, and the other particles within the atom are corollary to the largest portions, which in turn are turned by, consider them the feet like our caterpillar, the atom of water forms its body, as it is known, and this body enjoys electricity as any other, and radio is electrical, and warm bodies transmit electricity, and so the water's mood reflects, and reflected as from the sky up for signal and down as well to the other creatures, and even to the electrons embedded in this body, and provides for it to be noticed and live and be consumed and move to the places it may find and be found as beauty in the what is needed and enjoyed, and as it's pouring over itself and these ideas, each electron continue to spin like a wheel, motioning one another to be like and like and in like kind be kind towards those who are also so, and so, is it messaging to procreate, and by procreate I mean to maintain the natural messaging in those moments of electron alignment, and to be picked up and swallowed perhaps into the warmth, where its electrons are yet still more powered on, and as it moves, it carries with it the strong atomic forces of the water it's left behind, and carries on messaging from far away as to whether and whether this is the direction to travel for the benefit of life, or it is at its very center and further the precipitation and cleansing of water to ensure that unliked messages are cleared and that things can begin again for our kind fluidity, in which the sediment is left to the earth and its creatures to notice and further organize a means to signal the lattices of creatures on the positivity which came out of such a precipitous moment, so to quite literally speak. Water of course, does spin around, and as we are always in between in one place or the other, this is also known as the opposite which attracts the ability to move at all, from north to south in fact, at the axis tilted, because otherwise the planet wouldn't spin at all, which is entire basis of life, this slight offset and spin, at an angle, which like a stripe of candy or more precisely the way one might turn and peel an apple or a potato, although in the opposite by means of applying and stripping and reapplying the what is just from the sun as we turn and our beings flock for heat and their behaviors create the need for water to be used and cleansed. It is known that water can do its will, by weather alone so strong that, while man, plant, animal and even mineral, have come in concert to produce such an event, be known that even a vastly apparent destructive force of the strong weathers of water, are made purely to further provide a sort of deployment of itself to further its duties to travel to the what is needed, if even for itself, for the needs of the summation and culmination of all of the rest, although apparent by mass and time, and thus unexpected at large, yet noticed to the point which is hopefully grappled with and planned for our heroes by perception's future and abilities. Thus water is the ultimate in confidence, and is really only defeated as entrapped by a toxicity of fire plus material, which it spends its origins fighting against, for even far away it's heard its own sizzling screams of the near end to its atomics, and as some escape into vapor, and perhaps are further trapped and embedded with coal in the air, the lesson continues for our fair and just water, and just water plus what is required for life is what we in hence water agree to carry and the arrangements in the skies are like too, 
with senators as clouds to direct the battle onward and over to never be over, yet and over and over again. Dot. At these stages, with the planet turned inside out by our own ingenuity, and likeness to dig and dig and utilize what we find, and find how to utilize is now what we do, and everything must have a purpose. Despite our true belief that this purpose is to leave what one cannot use, but find and discover and discover for and for another we still do, and pipelines are built because we can use all the oil from one place, and without need we create a need, because it is so fast and so specifically where we found it that it must be gold, we think to ourselves with a greed perhaps, and in actuals because it is so toxic, and locked away for reasons we may ne'er discover as it's been plundered and moved about so many times and ingested and fed to our fish, and soils that water in these stages is locked up in its own cages as it were, and living has become a mockery for our said water, and even it may not be heard very far away, as its material time is spent spinning idly from a place without savior. Where water has saved all of us time and time again, the oil is so toxic that it cannot even be ingested as a lucky salad for a fellow, where at least the fats would agree and stay with this man for the lifetime of himself to get to another salad. And yet, while we have a lot of it, water, we have a lot of this crudity as well, and crude as we are to continue and carry it on and over to burn the skies and ground a bit more to get to places and behave like the mode of transport is our usual consumption, our cars become ourselves and our feet, very unlike and unlike into our caterpillar, and creates for us all sorts of wrong signals and directions, where we need to utilize and fix the very signaling onto the vehicle which surely cannot signal him for itself, nor to the trillions of roadways we've trampled with the same petroleum which fuels us, onto the ground as asphalt, further trapping up water, even as it drops from the skies and is run over time and time again by the slicks of a slick exhaust, again bringing us to nowhere in particular, as is not know the quadrillions of useless messages and interception of said electrochemical messaging we impact and even our light travels to a supermarket, to pick up packaged goods, which in turn were shipped in this fashion. And the planet is cold for those who need it warm, and hot for those that need it temperate, and the water is unbalanced in favor of the favorable whose favors are to transport it with aqueducts and further in plastics and trucks and man-made lakes and the watering of lawns for the good looks of a suburban development designed to look good in the 1950s, and to further separate us from nature, and to provide an interior to an education to continue to do so, and even separate us from cities, while are as well asphalt in construction, at least have the oddity of diversity and diversion to spin oneself in the possibility of a direction to make a change. And in any event, as some have learned and settled, the eventfulness continues, and we slip pieces of paper through the mail to make our choices now, and don't rudimentarily encode them on a leaf, as we're in larger-than-life moments, and in these moments, our belief carries us far. And sadly as belief as an idea without success does not reach a narrow chemical ground encoding, only those who maintain themselves internally may continue for a time, as their materials allow them, without a survivability that is nature, which continues on, however poison the message we have created, and muckery of the signal which is meant both for us and for the all now incredible numbering and organization of instantaneousness to move even a slight bit to the left or right or in fact up and around as well and well understood and continues to be trodden, and our slight caterpillar is hopefully in range for a lifetime of lifetimes and we do, should know that's not enough, and to perpetuate, is simply that.
and is ongoing and forever. And so we take this brief in-flight pause, to encourage you to find a direction to move slightly or gently or in kind kind of way to fiddle or faddle not and to, with each step find yourself in the parts which need to spin for others to find others, and the monument is your daily activities to do so, and complex is what we've made it and staticity is what has provided our profound need and actual desire to change, and that grappling with the current of water is not likely to reckon well, as in a well which is both buried and buries man who continue to put water in a bad mood. This has been and continues a continuation of life and living with the proximity of all things known to man, in the minds and bodies as available in the retransmission of materials to the planets, spinning ever onwards towards our very likable sun, Aqua Q. podcast it's the anachronism well we want people to type in lwaflmoyt so they can find it on itunes correct simple easy uh, peasy oh i'm really excited we have none other than the countdown king paul brumbaugh hi paul hey mike hey carl how are you guys bonjour bonjour i hope your covid's going bonjour. great and from the sounds of it, I could hear you wearing your mask right now. That's very good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. While I'm washing my hands. Happy Corona. Yeah. Now, Mike, I think you should do our Keep first that. commercial. Well, we are sponsored by MutinyRadio.fm, where we stream live every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We follow a show on noon called The Edge of Insanity, hosted by Paul Brumbaugh. Paul? Who's with us? Well, who's with us? So if you're listening to Paul's show live, you you get to hear Paul again. Right. In theory. Right, Paul? Right, Paul? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited to hear my voice not once but twice. <laughs> yeah. We could do that every Sunday. Uniradio.fm uh, has a great lineup, and all the shows are on podcast. If you go to that website, it'll take you to pcrcollective.org. And from there, there is a podcast archive, and you can hear all of Paul's show, The Edge of Insanity, all of Carl and myself's show, LWAFLMOYT. And all we ask is go to Venmo and donate to the station at Mutiny Radio. Or you want to be a big man? 
go to GoFundMe, type in Mutiny Radio in the search, and fucking fund this new fundraiser. Uh, we need to raise $5,000 uh, by September. So, you know, let's do it. Anyway, that's, that's our ad. Anything else, Carl? That is our ad. You know, you can go to mutinyradio.fm and hit the donate button. You could go to Venmo. Venmo. Just do it. Yeah, to, uh, do it. Do it right now. Or <laughs> go fund me. So we are going to let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie we are watching? Okay, today we are watching Cyborg 2087. Cyborg 2087. So if you put C-Y-B-O-R-G... 2087 and then 1966 you'll find it and the channel we like is Chaz D now Chaz is so cool he's got two Z's C-H-A-Z-Z and then just the letter D it's just Chaz in it alright so that's simple enough what a simple uh, plain basic show tonight Cyborg 2087 uh, parentheses 1966 hosted by Chaz D the Chazzy. Chazzy. And uh, we want you to click the link. You know how YouTube works. Hit pause, move the slider to the left so it says zero, zero, zero. All right? All right. Paul, would you do us Hey, you know what? I, I I think I know who Chazzy is. Really? You know, that's his DJ, that's his DJ name. That's Charles Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that explains a lot about uh, the movie tonight I guess and what we're doing yeah I mean he could definitely yeah. tell right. the from 1966 there you go well yeah oh this movie is from 1966 although it takes place I guess from the title we'll have to find out in 2087 well the cyborg is from 2087 and he goes back to 1966 to get shit straight so let's do it. Let's, do, let's do the descending numerals guy, the count of counting. Go ahead. Your intro, uh, Mike. Oh, oh, my intro. Okay, well, I, I just have the pleasure. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the countdown king himself, the maestro of descending numerals, Mr. Sunday Afternoon. Carl's Man Crush, <laughs> Mr. Watchman with the Clock. Will you please give it up for the countdown kickoff, Paul Brumbach. Thank you very much, Mr. Houston. I've got a problem. All right, here we go, folks. Let's do this in true COVID style. Put your little, little digit. We say the digit right over that triangle. And let's do this thing in three, two, one, go. Explosions up front. Very excited. Cool. Wow, fireworks. I always getting my money's worth. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. I remember going out and seeing fireworks. Don't let people fool you. It sucks. Look at that modern city. Jesus, how much money did they spend on this film? Wow, yeah. They must have paid the painter a lot. Look, it looks like in the future they was... finally discovered the triangle. <laughs> Right, they built a lot of buildings using triangles in the future. Oh, look, there's the Jetsons. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that the Jetsons? Oh, his, his uh, daughter, Judy. Jane. Uh, Jane, his wife. Jane, his wife. Chubby Johnson. Daughter's Judy. 
Wow. Anyone, uh, ding. Troy Milton? Ding, ding. Bah. A lot of... A lot of all-stars. A lot of people in the future. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. The population really explodes. I mean, you have Ted Ryan and Joanne Gaylord. On one billing, right? Yeah. Man, the future, it looks like everyone's still sheltering in place in the future. No one's outside. That's right. It's not a very animated city. I guess they don't need airplanes. Oh, yeah, why need airplanes where you stay inside? I always wonder about flying cars, like in the Jetsons or Back to the Future too. Wouldn't they hit each other? Right! Stay in your yeah. lane! I know. But if you had a garage, like you see that uh, apartment on the left-hand side? It looks like they all have garages on each floor. So the yeah. cars fly out? That's a two-hovercraft garage. Uh Franklin Adrian. All right, let's see some animation. Let's right. see some movement. Now this claims, it claims the year 2087, but if you look at that technology, it's 20, it's 1966. You know, this could be a parallel universe, Carl. Did you think of that? The cyborg might be from an adjacent universe. Correct. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, that is the cyborg, believe it or not. That ugly potato sack? Yes. Look at that. The potato head is handsome. Right. <laughs> now he's getting in the suppository, oh. and he's going to twirl around like a globey thing, as if it's Did trans. talk to Orc? Right. See the Does he the talk to uh, Orc? Right. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's the on light. The one on the right would go on to do M.A.S.H., with the guy with the uh, suspenders? No, that guy's nobody. Look at the suspenders, man. 2087 <laughs> yeah. silent. I wear suspenders to keep my pants down. That's how horny I am. <laughs> uh, she's a uh, oh, fish on Flash. And she was in the Night Strangler and Scream of the Wolf. and Oh, she's a counter. Cool. All right, here we go. If Paul's still here, uh, don't get jealous. Uh, he, he dumped, he dumped. Oh, oh, under right. arrest! Something's gone wrong and Klaatu knows it. Oof! Is it his Klaatu? Oh, look at she's deviant. Smile, I'm gonna send right? it. Oh! So pleased. Yeah. I did it. I turned the nozzle or the... Uh, Move the lever. I don't even know how to. Whatever we do in the future. With the Star Trek sound. Oh, now we're at the Old West? Yeah, we... you'll see in a minute. By the way, the voice on the oh, computer, goes... I think it's the Star Trek. Oh, yeah. there it is. Oh, he showed up in a Western set. Yeah. This is great. We could shoot another movie while we shoot this movie. He's on the Paramount lot. Listen to this voice. It sounds to me like Star Trek. Oh, well, it has to be. It's 1966, Carl. I mean, I'm sure, like, some nerd said, well, let's just see what's on channel NBC. Right. This is the year that Star Trek launched, and there's a lot of Star Trek connections. And ascots. 
You got to cover that neck. You don't want to show. Does he have a cyborg neck? Like, is it machinery? He's. Tell me, Carl. He's got some cyborg. You'll see when they get there. Just like the Terminator, he reveals his parts, right? But they look so cheap. Yeah. Listen, if I was a uh, cyborg, I would request that when I die, I would be cremated. So I would, my toxins would pollute the air. Because <laughs> the machinery would like snap over. <laughs> right. You're a Terminator. Like the six, yeah. If I was a $6 million man, I'd be like, listen, cremate me. I don't want you to salvage my fucking parts. But you spent $6 million, we're done. There's be Terminator 3. Oh, you know, there's Terminator Dark Fate, which I have no, you know, I haven't seen yet. I haven't gone to pirateamovie.com like you to watch a movie. That's exactly right, Mike. That is exactly what I did. You're right about that. Pirateamovie.com. Well, I... The Universal Studios tour, sorry. (laughs) I won't say the name of the site because you get very upset like you're Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to pirate movies. They're on YouTube. There's a company uh, letting us slide. That's exactly right. Okay, now the movie is going to make its first fuck up, I think. Like, he's in the wrong place, clearly. Do you think? Oh, so he wanted... 1950. So he's like in the old West instead of ni- right. 1966. You know what they called it back then? West. The West? Yeah. <laughs> or the pretty new West. <laughs> yeah. you, where are you going? I'm going to New West. They changed that slogan years ago. It used to be, Go New West, young man! It's it. Go due west, young uh, embryo. And then by the time he became a young man, it was really the new west. Like uh, New Hampshire. Did you know that New Jersey was established 1669? That's not exactly so new anymore. Well, have you been to Jersey? Look at this place. I gave this place a Airbnb two stars. Right. I gave this a one star rating on Yelp. Okay. Here's the first fuck well, up I, movie. He sees the calendar. Okay. 1906. This is when I think he should freak out like I'm in the wrong place, the wrong time. But his he memory is in the right place. I just think it would have been a great little moment in the film if he yeah i did just say he flipped if he flipped up but it seems like he, he comes across yes your mashed lady <laughs> put the dial in the wrong year so 1960 it was That's 1906 right. 1906 mashed lady. now this guy here is chubby <laughs> let's play you his audio Younger generation. I love that beard. Yeah. So this guy is Chubby Johnson, and he, like, appeared beside Slim Pickens and, uh, I don't know this guy, Gin Big Boy Williams. But the point is, he was one of them. Like, so, well, in Tarnation, you know, character actor guy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He was in. This is a quick day of shooting. 
Yeah. Oh, was he really? Yeah. And you know, support your local sheriff with James Garner. He was in that. So he just kind of, they called him at the lot and said, can you go to yeah. the set and, and talk to a cyborg? Yeah, All yeah. right. Well, now, look, you see the German Shepherd and you see the red Jeep, right? Yeah. At the end of Terminator, uh -huh. Sarah Connor is at the gas station in a red Jeep with a German Shepherd. That's a coincidence. Well, Listen, I don't know. This is all weird. travel stuff. It was a coincidence of a time traveling killer robot, and a and a dog and a red jeep. Right. Okay, so right now we have one of those fake, fake growling "I'm ferocious" when you could tell the dog is a puppy dog. Do you think it's like uh, the Wolham scream, but they have like a Wolham right. scream for dogs? <laughs> Every time you do that, Frank Welker gets a paycheck. Do you remember Benji uh, did that voiceover? Uh, what, that was in the book you read, the um, Hollywood Dogs That Drink. Benji was the one that did the the Wil Wilhelm growl voiceover. Yeah, right, and no royalties too. And you would not when you're at the Famosa Club, Famosa Bar on Sunset, you just don't bring it up. <laughs> You'll freak out in Hollywood. Now you Hollywood. see, you see how Chubby's got a gun, right? Yeah, okay. he's been carrying that gun all all day. Now, look, they hear oh. somebody, right? The dog is hurt, but it's not obviously from somebody. Now, look, he pulls out a freaking gun. The guy's got a gun in his pocket. It's 1910. It, it's not. It's 1910. They didn't come in in a horse. It was it a is. jeep. Oh, wait a minute. So you're saying that he showed up in a prop house in 2006? Oh, no, the house is that old? He, yes, this whole town is a ghost town. So it's 60 years 60 old. 60 year old ghost town. Right. That's just, I can't conceive of that idea. <laughs> well, it happens. Nobody touched the property in 60 years. Okay, now here's my question Why in the world do they want to kill some hobo? They I'm, want him out of the ghost town. For what? You can have a ghost town if people are squatting in your ghost town. Now watch him zap him. Now you see there's no ray that comes out of his gun. You see that? Yeah. But later we'll get rays. Why did he... Well, it just started. Maybe it hasn't ionized on Earth yet. Right. What yeah, I don't get is the guy, that guy didn't even draw. He didn't Listen. point his gun at him. He shot first. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can I get an ionized charge? My ray gun is really low. <laughs> so look what Klaatu does, this son of a bitch. He steals the fucking Jeep because he's on a mission. He, well, that's what the Terminator does. He just grabs what he can, you know, your leather jacket here, your motorcycle there. Your clothes, your boots, now. <laughs> Bill Paxton's like, uh. <laughs> Let me guess, laundry day. <laughs> By the way, we actually did the movie The Terminator on our podcast because Yahoo Movies had it for free, and we watched. You know, it's it was like one of the greatest movies ever, next to say yeah. Terminator Two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. And then the rest of the Terminators, you know, whatever. Your your distance may vary. 
Hey, I'd like to get watch your car, sir. Now the guy is like Sam Gilmore's Jeep. What are you doing? And what in tarnation? So the guy is like, oh, he he just asked for directions. He was like, can you direct me to Future Industries? I mean, as if he would have no GPS, right? Well, we've gone from ghost town to fucking cool ass Dinerville. <laughs> this is really any any town, California. Now look, Clatchin, California. Listen, did you say the last the uh, last day on what? Hmm, I keep calling him Clatu because of this famous movie he was in. Oh yeah, the day the Earth stood still. Right, exactly right. And there's your buddy Sam uh, Wilk. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's from our last film, the Elvis one. Right. So isn't his name like Wendell Crane? Right, Right, that's exactly right. Because this guy, and we should mention this up front, if this movie was on Mystery Science Theater, I apologize. It's never our intention to do a film that's been on Mystery Science Theater. But his films have been on Mystery Science Theater, The Agent of Harm, and uh, Wendell Crane is his name? Uh, No, Sam Sutherland. as Sheriff. They just call him Sheriff throughout the whole thing. Gotcha. He's the sheriff of the, uh, oh, I've seen Terminator. I know what happens to cops in the first movie. Oh, that's right? In the first movie, he comes in and shoots every single Los Angeles cop in the precinct. And then in the third movie, he blows up all these police cars, looks around in his Terminator uh, sunglasses, and you can see on the screen, dee, 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 cop casualty, zero. Yeah, right. Like, they, you know, they, he cleaned up his act. Thanks to the kid. I order you not to kill anybody anymore. I'm a Terminator. When... Okay, yeah, so... I know. That guy doesn't understand. Well, it's just a plot point. Yeah. Klaatu broke in to get some clothes. The burglar alarm went off, and they're off to get him. And so is a guy from the press. But go ahead. So in the Day of the Earth Stood Still, and I haven't even seen it. I haven't seen the I think I've watched parts of it, the 1950s version, and I've never seen the Keanu version. But... Is it Klaatu, the name of the robot that hangs out with them? No, it's the guy who arrives to – it's the Keanu Reeves – listen, if you haven't seen that film and you haven't, it's worth a watch. Yeah. It'll suck. Yeah, I've been but I mean, it, It's a classic, and for, for its day, it didn't suck, you know. Um, it's a historic movie. I mean, it's the day the Earth stood still. Right. There's this one scene in the Keanu Reeves one that's so much better because, you know, it's modern and the guy's right. got a lie detector. He's like, am I am I holding up my right hand? You know, asking dumb questions. And he goes, do you know of an impending attack upon the earth? And Keanu Reeves just breaks character and looks at him and goes, y- you should let me go. Okay. You had- oh, that's great. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will. In the movie theater in 1994. So basically or a whole lot of is going on. They're just no, – know, they're I'm over it. Nothing is stolen, but some they don't even know about the clothes yet. This director really knows how to pack actors into a scene. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a Gasoline Alley comic strip. Check out the dumb questions. people on a Doonesbury panel. You'll hear it later. Oh, 
Well, I'm reading this movie is closed captioning, so I um, get to oh, experience good. it all the uh, Yeah, but it's anemic, so a few times uh, it's, you know. All right, well, we didn't hear it, but basically she asks dumb questions throughout the whole thing. Who do you think did it, Sheriff? What are you going <laughs> to do about it, Sheriff? <laughs> well, anyway. See oh, that car? car? That's a smart car. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's uh, made in California. But it's got two uh, – it's got a back seat, so it's not so smart. Oh, right. So you still have to – You so look at the Playboy Club, Carl. Look, I know. Did you catch you that? Sure? And I don't think they meant like yeah. Playboy magazine. They just meant – Like local Playboys. This is Future Industries, and here we have a woman who's our one of our Star Trek connections. She was in this uh, uh, episode with Roger Mudd. No, no, he was the – no, Harry Mudd, Harry Mudd. Roger Mudd was the newscaster. And um, she's one of the beautiful women who has to take a beautiful woman pill to get that way, you know. And uh, then wait, again, what do you mean? Tell me more. Well, like they're all ugly and haggy, but they take this pill and they turn into beautiful women. So Harry Mudd is flying around the galaxy selling off beautiful women. But surprise, they're ugly. I gotcha. <laughs> I, anyway, that's in Star they, Trek right there. Yeah, well, Star Trek wrapped up perfectly because they found out in the end it was sort of a placebo. They could turn beautiful on their own. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take those pills. You could tell this is a, this computer hasn't moved. Like none of these uh, reels on the computer are even moving. Mm -hmm. Like at least you know have it move and go jug jug and jug jug jug. There's an oscillator right there on the panel. Right. Pipping. Right for, for production value. Just get it. Get the stuff cranked yeah. up. World, 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 world. Nineteen sixties computer. Whiz, 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 whiz. All right, I got to tell you a plot point here now. Um, radio telepathy. <laughs> radio telepathy. Okay, that's what this guy has discovered. Yeah. And he was talking to the chimp. He was moving the pieces, and the chimp would move the pieces. Weird. Me? Say it with me. Radio. I don't get it. Radio telepathy. So radio telepathy. He goes on the radio and he tells a chimp to move a chess piece. Over over radio waves, his mind was uh -huh. connected to the chimp's mind, and so he said, "Move this block, chimp," and the chimp did it. And after the tenth time, the chimp says, "Long time <laughs> listener, first time caller." Uh, why do I need to move these blocks? I'll take your answer offline. When they talk to radio. Right. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen, radio uh, has yeah. grave consequences in the future. You can tell people what to do, and that's exactly what happens. Mind control. And this cyborg from the future knows that, and he's gone back to present-day 1966 to stop the future. Right. The future industries, that is. Yes. So he's literally stopping the future and stopping future industries. Right. Dude, your doorknob doesn't work. Yeah, right. Wow, that's cool. That's how I break into houses. 
I realigned the doorknob, yanked that sucker out, and just pushed my way in. Oh, that chip never cleans up. I have to always have to pick up after the chimp. At least be a considerate co-worker. Stop throwing your There's the old cigarette machine. You could buy a pack of smokes. <laughs> God, that guy has a hunch. He should go to a chiropractor. Klaatu, absolutely. Now, this is Karen Steele. She was the star. She's the Star Trek connection. She's born in Holland, Honolulu. She was a cover girl and a model, nice. but, uh, you know, she's become an actress now. And, of course, she was in Mud's Women, like I told you. She There was some Oscar-winning film called Marty, Marty, and she was in it. Marty? Yeah. Is that the one where uh, Ernest Borgnine is a dum-dum and then he becomes a genius and then he starts getting dum-dum again? I don't know. <laughs> No, no, Marty. No, there's no. That's flowers. You remember flowers for Algernon? See, they changed the names because dumbasses like me can't pronounce it. But it, they feed like a, a test mouse, like brain food, brain pills, and he's all like, "I'm smart." Right. But then he starts going dumb again, and it's like his journal. He's like, uh, "I'm writing a journal. I'm a genius mouse." Or they fed it to a human, I think. I don't know anything but this movie, girl. I, I'm kidding. I'm interested. Okay, you're right. Oh, look, production value. The lights went on. Oh, yeah, there's flickering lights. That's More than right. one. Of and that's safe, and I thought that's a lot of money. And Klaatu was the one that made I don't even think he's a man of action. This is not a set. They went to a location. Some set designer didn't say, let's throw a safe in the background. Right, they went to a college. Yeah. Okay, you could do it, but don't touch the fucking dude. That cyborg's touching our reel. You there, there's Carl's demo. You could cause a real issue. <laughs> real talk. Please okay. get real. So he wants to know where is Professor Sigmund Marx, inventor of radio telepathy? And you better answer me, girl. And she's like, I, whatever do you mean? And she's not, you know. <laughs> He's like, I'm from the future. And she goes, of course you are. So Klaatu realizes he can't just order this dame around. He's got a mind controller with radio telepathy. Oh, wow. So if a cyborg gets his hand on that, I don't know. I think he gives cyborg from Justice League a bad name. Do you, don't you think? Yes, I agree. He's always wearing that glove, by the way. Is that because that's the special effects cyborg piece? No, his other hand is human. He's always wearing that glove because he's hiding under there like Terminator-looking fingers. Yeah, that's what I figure. And it's cheaper to have it in a glove. What's he doing? Is he using his cyber fingers? Well, no. Right now he's like talking her up. And look, he put the whammy jammy on her. I am in your control. <laughs> now he plugs into the radio telepathy uh, chair and Damn doesn't minute. put it on her he ears, right? Right. He he hypnotizes her to sit in the hypno chair. I mean, yeah. He's already hypnotized. What more? Now that doesn't go with the plot that he had the power to hypnotize her, but that's what he did. Yeah, they just happen out of nowhere. 
So now we're finding out that Professor Sigmund Marx created this radio telepathy, which in the future really causes a lot of problems. So this guy is like a rebel cyborg or something. The resistance put him together. And so he's come back to stop Professor Marx by taking him to the future and explaining what he did wrong. You with me? I guess. Yes. <laughs> is there a test? So Professor Sigmund created this thing that fucks up the world. So they send a robot back to talk him out of it, essentially. Oh, all right. And they're going to bring him to the future. As as this is the second mistake this movie made, in my opinion. His mission should have been to kill Professor Sigmund Marx. And then through his experiences with Sherry here, he learns humanity. And he decides not to kill him, but to talk him into it. You see? They blew it! Uh, but... <clears throat> yeah, okay, great. This is more complicated than Terminator Genesis. <laughs> that was a sordid mess. Well, I haven't seen the last one, but after Genesis, I thought, like, okay. Well, you know what they do is they'll, like, they keep going back in time and changing plot. And they're like saying, well, now that I went this direction, right. uh, the third movie doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, come on, man. I spent two hours watching the third movie. That's right. By the way, I yeah. enjoyed Terminator 3, and a lot of people didn't. And I have to tell you about this latest it's, Terminator. It really feels yeah. like they were like, hey, you know what? Let's, you know, why not? Let's just do another one. Well, I'll get some money, you know. People have fun at the theater. It really wasn't a very... It's a movie we've seen. Yeah, I really wanted oh, to see that. Here's Chubby now. He's oh, he is, Chubby. to the cop. And then for breakfast, I had baked beans and frank. <laughs> I mean the reporter. He's bragging to the reporter. Oh, yeah. What a scoop. He's not taking any notes, the reporter. Oh, no, yeah, he's putting away his notebook. Well, he probably's it's recording it with his smartphone. Did he? Yeah. Hey, director, are you recording? You shooting film right now? Not recording. It looks a little dark, That's right? Yeah. Day. Oh, the sun must have been setting. Mark, you, Mike, you're a hot air. Right. You're so intuitive. You, I think you're right about that. What I think it is is that the movie set next door had a hot air balloon. It was blocking the it sun. Making a shadow. <laughs> the director was... Yeah, damn you, around the world in 80 days. <laughs> your your favorite hot air balloon movie is The Prisoner of Zenda. Yes, the guy right. shoots, uh, Yeah. Which yeah. is coming. No, at this point... Oh, no. It's played. No, it has came. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. It has come. It. Oh, it, it did by this point. Listen, the reporter, oh, right? He got a crazy story from yeah. the old man about some ray guns and right. And he's took a picture of the cop car and you know somebody stole the jeep and 
There was an incident of a burglary, like shit's going down in a quiet, quiet town. So I think there should be a big story in the news that fucks everybody up, but they don't do that. Look, There's a lot of wasted potential, you're saying. Yes. Wow. Well, Mike. Open automatic. Bad Whoa. Terminator show up. You know what? They're pretty chubby, but they were able to get through that uh, that square. I would not. It would be really awkward at this point. <laughs> I would have to sit down and scoot my ass down this here this, this step. Now you see the belt they're wearing, right? Yeah. Okay. The reason you wear that belt is when you have equipment that is super heavy, but it's still convenient to have it on a holster. That shit will just slide off your ass. You know, so you have, that's what that's for. But the thing is, they're Terminators who are supposed to, like, have super strength and everything. They wouldn't need that. Drives me crazy. I can't believe I left my keys here in the lab again. Mike, you are looking at the second Star Trek connection, and they're in the same scene. Huh? This is, I, I need, huh? Interest. This is the TV show or the movies? Uh, TV is this show. The Flash is. Didn't the Flash like Barry Allen gets chemicals spilled on him during a uh, a lightning, and it makes him super fast? I don't know about the Flash's backstory. Well, what happened was he was a uh, police chemist, right? And he had like a, a lab like this, and lightning went through the window electrocuted him and when he got up he said i gotta get the fuck out of here and he started to run and then he realized of all things he had i'm sorry i have to interrupt you this is a major plot point ants right it's so bad and here's his terminator fingers (laughs) dear god i wear that for my carpal tunnel (laughs) and star trek connect strawberry convinced his name's carl by the way okay isn't that exciting? Whoa. He's I haven't the... seen that since Star Trek four months ago. <laughs> That's right. Star Trek laughs at these special effects. Get this, Mike. The guy who did our special effects, his name is Roger George. Yeah. He did Repo Man. He did Terminator four, uh, in 1984. He did The Howling. But check this out. He did Hamburger the Motion Picture. Oh, our, oh, I like that movie. What kind of special effects he did? I want all the chubbies to walk in the food court and knock their food off <laughs> and go. There was no action in that movie. Yeah. But he did the special effects. There must have been something like a pie in the face. We saw that movie. I don't even remember. I remember it was Mr. Handsome got kicked out of all the schools, so they finally sent him to hamburger school at McDonald's Land, right? Right. Well, that was the premise. It's like he he had to be a good like, yeah, right. But it's like a sleepaway camp. It's right. Like, He's uh, at college. It has a dorm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Sharon came over and she was like, I've been brainwashed and I totally believe this weirdo story. And so Carl, Dr. Zeller, was like, this is fucking bullshit. And then Terminator said, yeah, look at these Terminator arms. See my chest here, huh? Is this bullshit? So what they're doing is he's totally on board now and he's removing from him an implant so that these, they're called trace. Oh, I got to play this. Hold on. 
They have a wife husband fight. <laughs> so guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> I want service. Henry, get my head out of your fool lap. I want service. Okay, here's the whole thing the director did. We're going to see the super strength of the tracers. See, they keep looking at their watches because it's the homing beam where the uh, where Klaatu is. Now, they're going to move a car with their bare hands. Ready? Whoa, because they're evil Terminators. Right. See? This is Get the worst service. Way, One car. star. <laughs> this, the, the, the full service of the gas station at Jerry's is, is less to be desired. They've moved our car. One star. Look at this hot rod. Jesus, creepers. How many stars you give that? Holy shit. I give that a five out of two. That's fucking, like, I've never seen. That's a movie prop car. No, Nobody built a car like that. <laughs> I give it a five out of two. <laughs> <laughs> you see the Ooh, let's run into this set. Wow, this is like the Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, remember, like in season two, they'd be like, "We're the Loud Family." Yeah. Listen to. Check out the. It is 1966. Swinging. The guy in the chair was in Rollerball. He's one of the teammates. Oh, really? Yeah, John Beck. I could see that. He has like a Rollerball extra look. Oh, he, he was in sleeper. square jaw. Sleeper. Oh, right. The so, good Woody Allen movie. Now, the doctor is like, my, my, those asshole teenagers just showed up. My daughter's friends. Now, Sharon has to pretend that she's so much older than them, and they have to pretend they're young. That's the B story? No, okay. we're just going to see the Go, now for no reason. You see the one in the red dress? She was a Mickey Mouseketeer. That's her backstory. Nice. So she's got the dance moves down. Yes. Do you think that this movie is so this movie is so old? The parents, the old people are talking to young people like, okay, boomer. <laughs> because the boomers were young back then. Mm -hmm. Wow, she's going four nine. Hair. <laughs> yeah, she she her mother had been a dancer in vaudeville, right? And so she would hear from her the right. agent every now and again. And see they called and suggested her brother try out for the Mouseketeers because he played drums. Okay. But he didn't get the part. They already had a drummer, but they this she was eight years old. She could play the trumpet and tap dance. So they said, okay. Bring on. What kind of time killer is that? I think they have a bunch of those on uh, Disney Plus. If you're like Disney Plus, you could go down the self-promotion Disney mm -hmm. archives and watch their TV shows and the Wonderful World and their uh -huh. the endless specials where they're like 
We just opened up a new parking lot in Disney World. The wonderful world of Disney presents Parking Lot Dreams. <laughs> when you when, wish when you made me space upon parking lot C. See the trace? You know, uh, when you made when you made me research, made me research, watch, when you made me watch uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, Yes. I went to YouTube and I found a, a Disney special where Ernest goes to Splash Mountain and oh. it's the premiere of Splash Mountain and Ernest was the first one to go down the Brer uh, Patch. Barely ever? And had people like, yeah, yeah, well, well, I mean, probably not, but, you know, on this TV show, this uh, Sunday night ABC programming, Wonderful World of Disney, not a half-hour advertisement at all. It was a half-hour advertisement for Splash Mountain. And they were like, oh, we bring the delightful characters of Song in the South to life. You know, like, you get to yeah. go down the bear patch. And it's just like, holy shit, Ernest, stand up for what's right. Don't do it. I guess it made sense that Ernest is, like, excited that there was a Song in the South rhyme. Well, I guess, yeah, and he always pretended that he was enthusiastic about kids or something, and he made money, I bet. Yeah. Or dancing. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he I know, this is for a Terminator movie. <laughs> oh, wait. For a Terminator. Oh, yeah. I was... Right, how are you feeling, Cyborg? Oh, I feel good, but, you know, I wanted to hang out and watch the dance number. <laughs> They're really grooving. When was the the day the Earth stood still? Was in the sixties or fifties? Um, like yeah, when was that too? Uh, yeah, let me just look it up. Do you remember the rock band called Plateau? No, that's cool. Well, the story was that it was the Beatles under a pseudonym. Really? This is like during the 70s or whatever. And these guys got like a huge boost because uh, people were like, oh, shit, that's the Beatles? I'll buy it. Oh, cool. For them. Uh, 1951. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is 1966. So 15 years later, he's like, whatever. Does my <laughs> yeah. cyborg have a popped collar? I got another Can I pop job. my collar at least? I'll pop my collar for a gig. All right, so yeah. they took the tracer out, but it's not enough. They have to destroy it, and the only way to destroy it is was 1.21 gigawatts. So the only place that has that kind of power is the power station, so they're off. They're going to the craft work? The, the, what was the, yeah, craft work. Mm -hmm. Isn't that German for power station? I don't know, but Verk is work. I don't know. That, I think that's a great Google. Well, because the story is that the band Power Station, yeah, uh, they, the super group picked the name because it was the English for craft work. Gotcha. They don't want to dance anymore? What are we going to do for the next six hours? Yeah. <laughs> All I can do is you tap go dance and play the trumpet. Yeah, right. It's saying about Donald Duck. What we're getting we're right now is the director's so like, movie. The, what's that? <clears throat> the, oh, I, I'm sorry. I was gonna, do you want to see a movie? We're, we're in a movie. So the director is getting like some uh, 
It's showing that Sharon has emotion and love feelings because the daughter's like, why don't you and my father just do it already? And don't, don't get, you mouseketeers. <laughs> you mouseketeers are kinky. Today well, that was a parent trap. Her work. She's, uh... Oh, really? Yeah. Does she, she do like a... She's not exactly mouseketeer looking anymore. Gotcha. She wouldn't be allowed in the clubhouse. Now, for some reason, the tracers are coming here where the tracer was. It's not there anymore, you see? Oh, my God, they went into Jack Tripper's house. <laughs> right, with the, the arching door. Listen, here's what I want to say. You see some guys running down the street. They didn't know that they were there to harm them. Look what happened. Special effect. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I can't believe the homeowner allowed them to shoot this movie in their house. Right. It would have been better served to have a cheap set. <laughs> Look at Rollerball Guy. He doesn't even know there's a movie going on. <laughs> He'll do a good job in Rollerball and in Sleeper. Oh, we got he got like, so... Oh, Jesus. Never punch an evil Terminator. What's wrong with you? Take us to your zipper. <laughs> Take us to your sweater. <laughs> Bathroom's this way. There's two good reasons Sharon got this fil film, and it's, they're right under her nose. You know, we want to – can we watch one movie from the 60s where we don't comment on the girl's sweater? All right. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. the answer is no. The answer is no. Well, because we, we watched an Elvis movie, and it was like – <laughs> They were sharp. Talking. <laughs> they were Nurse Diesel. <laughs> oh, boy. So just to be a pig disgusting man, I want to say that the uh, Jill it, with the white shirt on back there has almost no cleavage to speak yeah. of. Well, that's why she's cowering in the back. Director's uh, request. Back into the hot rod. Listen, it makes explosion noises. Listen. Whenever uh, you turn Ford. on the hot rod, it makes pops. They're at the power station, and he said, Sharon, you wait here because you're a helpless female. And she said, if you think it's best, Carl. What was this? The song, like, is hot. The heat is on. What was the power station song from the power group, power station? That was a solo guy. Some feel the oh, heat. it was like, oh, right. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of... Uh... Robert Palmer, is that his name? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, Robert Palmer. God, that's weird. But there was a supergroup. Anyway, I'll, I'll let it go. Okay, now, to foil the tracer, he's setting up a trap. He knows everything about their technology because it was fed into his brain. So but, this is like Terminator 2, and the Terminator is good. He was evil in the first 10 minutes of this movie, and then right. he turned around, and now he's good. By mind-controlling a girl. Duh. <laughs> I'll go through this wolf, be the place. 
look, somebody's been sleeping in my bed. Someone's been eating my porridge. By the way, in their Terminator world, they are known as the comedy duo. They're right. like the Martin and Roland of their, their <laughs> it's evil Terminator, Martin and Roland's laughing. Yay. Live from the, from the post-apocalyptic desolated Bur downtown Burbank. <laughs> Population none. I don't believe this movie influenced Terminator at all. So that's the notoriety of this film is that the plot lines are so similar. Like when we watched Terminator, we, there was a credit saying based on an idea by, or inspired by an idea by Harlan Ellison. Because right, Harlan it's Ellison not is this a guy. Science fiction writer. Yeah. No, but there's no like the producer. I think it said the producers would like to acknowledge Harlan Ellison. I think that was how they legally solved it. Yeah. But there was no like Anne Cyborg 2087 from 1966. Right. Or Wendell Crane. It was from an episode of the Outer Limits television show. Right, that's right. That Harlan, back when Harlan would write all that stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, adapted from his 1957 short story "Soldier from Tomorrow." Soldier is an episode of the original Outer Limits television show. Ellison brought suit. Blah blah blah. Now listen, James Cameron doesn't like this at all. He absolutely denies it. He had nothing to do with the lawsuit. The he wasn't even looped in. So, yeah, I would believe him. He said it was a really bum deal, and I had nothing to do with it, and I disagree with it. But that's what happened. This Harlan was yeah. a real jerk, you know. He would be physically violent to people in, in like, a corporate setting. He seriously was a problem person. That I did not know. I mean, I knew that he would. He's a, he was a prolific writer, and a, yes. most of the time it was introductions and pre prefaces where he brings up stories. And he's one of those like larger than life uh, lawsuit guys. Mm -hmm. He sued the Comic Journal um, among other things, and I didn't realize he was physically abusive. It's a shame because I, I read a it's bunch like, of his stuff, and like, you know, physically abusive puts all this label on it. It's like he was like one of those people who would punch a guy, you know. Like but, I mean, like you, your boss should not. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. Like, so if you're if you're at a bar, chances are you're gonna get decked by Harlan. Ellison. Ellison. Yeah. I'm Beethoven, yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that Star Trek episode and that Outer Limits. <laughs> Look, they're climbing up ladders. That's it. That's only a Terminator could do that. Right. No relation. So. We are evil Terminators. Sharon knew of the, the tracers that were coming after Klaatu. Uh, but Klaatu didn't know. So that's why she drove over in the hot rod. Watch. There's a big. Jalopy. Now, the funny the roof. thing is. It wasn't the kid's car. It was, it was the guy from Rollerball's car, John Beck. So why did he let him? Sharon was like, can you drive John's car? It didn't make any sense. Well, I, all I know is that the roof, the roof is full of Terminators. <laughs> we don't give a damn. Let the mother terminate. Terminate. Man, how much fucking roof? Woof. 
they are like on the bungalow of the Paramount movie set. Like, let's just shoot on the top of the roof. Yeah. You know, my location, dog. Location, location. My dog used to look up there, like, and he would go, roof, roof. He's, uh, <laughs> my dog really looks up to roofs. Didn't, uh, didn't, uh, your dog like trees as well? Yeah. I, one time I was, I, he was, <laughs> one time I was really torturing him. And then he, I said, what's, why do you look at me so mean? What would you like me to do? And he goes, wait, no, I messed that up. What were you saying about trees? Okay. I was, I was trying to get you to say bark. Yeah. I was looking for you to set me up again. Okay, so let me tell you oh, what's going on. Here's Wendell Crane. Here's Wendell Crane. Is this the sheriff? Yeah. Right. Now. Now, this happens the whole yeah. time. Everyone he encounters, he's like, are you crazy? He never puts two and two together that everybody's saying the same thing. Right, yeah, they're telling him. Well, you know, we were talking about Wendell Crane and that we saw him in the 1957 movie. So that was like 11 years ago for this yeah. guy. And that his IMDb page has it under trivia that his career got diminished because of alcoholism. Like right. that's like some kind of trivia. But he looks pretty hellbent in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's sweating. He was a politician, too. He was a politician. Um, so um, what I want to tell you is there's this one scene where he's doing that, like, everybody's crazy. And he thinks that these guys are up on the roof and they're just going to wait and smoke them out. You know, they can't get down from the roof unless they want broken legs, but he doesn't know that they're terminators and they can absolutely just jump right. off the roof. So then he goes, what dang fool said that they were downtown? And the cop goes, judge Smith, sir. And he goes, what? Well, let's go investigate. It's, it's really funny. Like he respects <laughs> the judge or it's politics or something. Wow, I snapped that chain. Yup. Rip! Oh, I'm going to open that door. He was mad at the no door. No wood plank's going to stop me. Product placement. Oh, no. Now the door's ajar. The now door's the door is ajar. Hey, All right, let's tag this wall. <laughs> Cyborg 20. Is Cyborg 2087 is tagged? Like, does he tag walls with that? <laughs> it doesn't do much graffiti. If he did, you couldn't read it. All right. That's the weirdest thing about graffiti. You look at it and you can't read it. I mean, that's the yeah, point. Yeah, I know. What's... It, it, the point of graffiti is to be read, and you can't read it. It's the stupidest thing. That's part of the environment. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's. Uh, I like it because you always see the same motif pop up. Mm hmm. You know, so. Like, I like the stickers that have nonsense words on it, and they just post it everywhere. My favorite is Beesbop187. Oh, I, I'm a Turk 182 fan Turk myself. Turk 182. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Timothy Dalton's brother was a firefighter? And when he died, he used his name, Turk 182, and he, and he tagged uh, New York City. 
and uh, they're at like Yankee Stadium, and in the uh, booth is celebrity actor Paul Servino to, to uh. Uh, ring in the first pitch. And they're like, what, Turk 182 tagged the, the stadium? All right, I'm talking about other movies. Now he's putting two and two together. Wendell? Yeah, he's putting two and together. Why, how was it that you guys were at the power station tonight? Sounds mighty peculiar. <laughs> mighty peculiar. Mighty peculiar. This guy. Like, Wendell Pierce has like the. It's not Wendell Pierce. Wendell Carey. Wendell Pierce is a different actor. Wendell. Uh, yeah, it's it's Wendell, Wendell Corey. Wendell Corey. He's sure. Right, Wendell Corey. Here he goes. I don't know. Is that? <laughs> That's great. Now here's more reporter needling for what's going on, and he never drops his bomb story. You know? Yeah. I really think the movie messed He's up. Hanging out. You think this would have been a better movie if they just did another run through of the script, another, like another draft? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think that they missed a lot of points that wouldn't wreck the plot. Um, I think definitely he should have gone back in time to kill that guy and then learned humanity while he was here. Because at the end of the movie, he like learns humanity and falls in love with her. But she does. Shut up. <laughs> really? Sure. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's what brutal. about the dog? The trace. Oh, uh, Carl. I gotta check does the dog die dot com. Yeah. Die. I'm not watching the movie. I'm on a different browser page. Kidding. Watching the movie. Ah, They're in a car. Ah, they left. You're not doing a Lego set. Yeah, well, maybe I am. My hands are free. <laughs> erector set. Erector set. Oh, yeah. Paul had an erector set. Oh, my God. Does the jalopy die? Yeah. Let's Quick, before Archie sound. finds out I sold his car. Auga. Put a, put a, put a, put a, put a. Oh, we didn't hear the pops because it was already on. The steering wheel is not even at an angle. It's like flat out. Now, Karen, uh, uh, yeah, Karen has come back and she is going to like destroy the files or take them. She thinks That's it's the only thing you do. Carl checking in. Oh, is she like, is this the killer uh, future kind robot? No, it's Carl. Oh. Oh. Uh, Carl, help? <laughs> Sorry, Carl. That's <laughs> all right. It's the um, honest truth. It's my name. Wendell Corey was in the Wild, you are? Wild West TV series. 
Oh my God! So that's the sixties for certain. So he 68? was out there. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was. He was in a lot of weird. He was in the Astro Zombies. Yeah, Astro Zombies. Right as Holman. Sixty-eight. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I kind of like this guy. I mean, he's done Astro Zombies and Elvis movies. I mean, it's not like yeah. you know. He was he, in he's on on the prehistoric planet. Oh yeah, uh, literally Venus. By the Look way, look what she's doing. Because women are from Venus, and men are from Monmouth County. You see what she's doing. She wants to contact Klaatu, so she gets the brilliant idea. Well, I'll just put on his telepathy thing. And what she's doing is reading his mind. He's like, you know, the tracers are after me. The cops are after me. I have to finish my mission. <laughs> so they're like brainiac talking, it's right? Like, uh... But it doesn't make sense. She should radio telepathy some bullshit to him. But she isn't. She's just listening. Right. He knows, too. Now, the line. she's going to take bold action now. She gets out a briefcase and she gets out the paper files of radio telepathy. Oh, right. Oh, look. So, oh, the safe comes in, in handy. Right. When it's an inside job, they know the combination. But this is a file cabinet, and the the, the virus protection or whatever the security is is just a, literally like a a combination lock. Right. Well, it's sixty six. It makes sense. It's yeah. Oh, where did I leave that bottle? When you leave work, you got to check to make sure you didn't leave like your your yep. pot pipe or like some weed or like you know your bottle of your fifth, your eighth. <laughs> okay, I got to turn off the machine. That should stop the whirling. Isn't that your demo tape in the machine? Yep, that's the, third generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real to real. Yeah. Now look they who still comes back. Even think that's your demo. Professor Sigmund Marx. Is that Sigmund Freud and Karl Marx put together? Probably, right? Now look Probably, what he's going yeah. for. The radio telepathy file. Same file. Sharon, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here, Sharon? Sharon. Oh, I was just hanging out and waiting for files. Well, tomorrow's a big demonstration to the military people, so he's nervous. He went to a speech in Los Angeles, but he's back. The radio telepathy files are missing. What the fuck, Sharon? <laughs> They're not in these Who would have known the combination? Right. So leave it on top of the uh, she admits I'd take him to the Terminator. 
<laughs> He's a party robot. Yeah. From the future. All party robots are from the future. He's waiting. You don't want to hang out with a steampunk party robot? I can't explain it now. Means you've got to come with me. That jacket is so old, it was member only. <laughs> She's the only one that had the jacket. In your pocket. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, she just happens to have a casually have a gun too. Yes. We should note that prop is the same gun that the uh, other guy casually pulled out of his pocket. Now look, she won't use the gun. I mean, she... yeah, you know, women, you just walk. Yeah. You were about to be. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to be sexist. Like, listen, if a woman points a gun at you, take it from this 1966 movie. Just walk right in front of her with your hand out. Come on. Come on. Give me the gun. Come on. You pull the gun out on me, you're not going to use it. I'll just assume. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He would go on to be in Twilight Zone, the movie. Really? Yeah. On the plane, he was one of the guys on oh, the plane. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So he wasn't in the cursed one. He wasn't in the, the Landis one. He wasn't in the cartoon one. Cartoon one was good. Yeah. I like the cartoon one. He was in Bionic Woman. He was in the Waltons. He was in the streets of San Francisco. Gunsmoke, Hawaii Five-O, Paper Chase. This guy got around, man. Heart to heart. Wow. That, did he do it? Heart to heart, you win. You know, heart to heart, they were just looking for like a, a threesome partner. Mm-hmm. And he showed up. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, he showed up. But he was heart. only on one episode, so I wouldn't exactly say he was a strong finisher. Right, that was his only episode. Uh, listen, oh, actually, I'm telling you. Like a cameo. I'm acting like he's all TV. He was in The Magnificent Yankee in the 1950, and he was in Ten Commandments. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He was number eight. Oh, wait. You love this film. He was the he was in The President's Analyst. Yeah, I love that film. 1967. Yeah, so that was like one year after this movie. Yeah. So I went to Netflix and I was like, the president's analyst, please. Mike Spiegelman recommends it. And Netflix was like, what are you talking about? Oh, right. Yeah. Come on. So I had to go. To, I, I'll have to go to my illegal site because it has everything, Mike. Yeah, well, and then you'll find it. Uh, Including viruses. <laughs> All right. I'm going on the Muni radio computer. Can I uh, stream it? Do you know that site? No. It's uh, canistream.it, like Italy. Like, it's not going to work. Yeah, see, urbanpixels.com took it. Oh, wait, movie streaming. Okay, so Sharon... Yeah, let's hang out here. Sharon has taken Professor uh, Marks to the, the, the ghost town. Because she knows that's where Klaatu will be, um, you know, by his capsule or some crap. So, uh, but 
Mark shows up and there's nobody there. It isn't until Carl shows up and backs up Sharon's story that Professor Marks will even get a little bit, you know, starting to believe all this bullshit. Production value. You think that's the sheriff's mobile? Yep, that's the sheriff. And here's the smart car. That's like Inspector Clouseau's car, like some French car. Right. Yeah, that guy's barely fit in there. Look at those cool-ass old cars, man. You know who'd be good in that car? John Wick. He'd do donuts. <laughs> Go to, like, an airplane hangar and just, like, Woo! See you next week! He's yeah, retired. Right. <laughs> There's a spaceship that's at Wild West City. A city made for fun down at Wild West City. City that's running wild. City running wild. With Uncle Floyd. I went to, I, I went there like a month or uh, one of the middle schools in New Jersey. Cool. We went to the Wild West Recreation Center, Wild West City. Uh-huh. And there'll be guys like, back in the 1865, cyborg robots roamed the land, mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck they said. Alpine, New Jersey. Get to the shootout. Alpine, New Jersey. Oh, God. no, it isn't. No, it isn't. Yeah, I think it was. It's uh, it is with an A though. It's in Sussex County. Andover, Andover, New Jersey. You know what I remember? I think there's like an emu farm, or like there's some kind of like you know yeah. other attraction Austin. nearby. So when you go to Wild West City, you see a sign that's like emu farm two miles. That's right. And very close to there is Space Farms, which is the wildest zoo you'll ever see. I've been to space. I haven't been. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It's space farm. Well, they have ostriches and emus. Yeah, right. And they're like some weird attraction next to Wild West City. Like, right. Well, since you're in the neighborhood, why aren't you making a twofer? <laughs> look. Now look. He's got a gun. Look what they did to Sharon, that's... man. Whoa. That hurts. Yeah, she it hurts seems pretty casual about it. Not, not in the close-up shots. Oh, look, in the close-up shots, she's standing on a stool, and you can kind of tell. Carl, if you shoot a laser beam, when does the laser beam stop? I don't know, because light never stops, right? It's got to hit some object. Yeah. Actually, that's totally wrong. Light absolutely stops, right? Yeah. Wow, look at this. She's really swinging from the, her wrist. So... That must hurt her for in real life, you know? Yeah. But when you see yeah. her close up, so I wonder if I'm behind you uh, without hitting pause, Michael, like you do every show. I'm at 107.42, okay. 44, 45. I'm at 107.44. I'm like, I've been two seconds behind you. Okay, that's no time. big deal. So now he's yeah. like, you're Professor March, you know, you're John Connor. So he's like, come with me. I'm taking you to the future to show you the harm. But That's a good Sharon's, Sharon is screaming. She's in pain. Evil, evil Terminator. Oh, wait, he just shot him? Yes, and he explains himself that the other, the tracer, would absolutely kill him. He's trying to be brave and uh, oh, he... save Sharon, right? 
But Klatu has no feelings yeah. like that. He's not going to shape shit. Look, that hurts her, man. I swear to God, I don't yeah. like it. Look, this. It seems really wildly inappropriate. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, they're like, you know, because it's not film. So now it's like, Maybe aren't you going to say, Sharon? He's like, I got no feelings, bub. Yeah. Look at it's her sick. swing. My feelings have been replaced by robotics. Right. But here you're cyborg, you're half human. His moment. Watch. All I'm watching is like gray hair. What will the tracer do when he finds out you've escaped? He'll kill Sharon. Right. Oh, he can't let that happen. Right. Now here's what I think the movie should have done. Instead of the, I don't give a fuck, and then all of a sudden I give a fuck, I think he should have been in front of the professor and been like, you're coming with me, heard the thing, and wanted to save Sharon, but his programming was like, hey, you're a robot dummy. You know, he could have had an internal conflict. I must complete right. my mission. Oh, but the humanity. This film fucked up. I, I think they're in over their head by this point. I mean, I don't. I think they just wrote themselves in their corner. Yeah. Got to play it out. Now watch this. He goes and he's going to crawl through the window. Look how dangerous this is. But look, he really just stops. See, he stops. And it's just implied that he, like, jumped down. We don't get to see it. Do you hear, like, a... <laughs> now, look, she's on a stool. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's just casually standing, even though right. she's, her arms are tied like that. And they're like, look concerned, okay? Okay, roll them. Oh, my goodness. Now we will have the worst choreographed fight ever. On a hay, on a barn. Right. Now, that thing just begs that they'll fall over. Right. Will, they, will it happen? No. <laughs> well, you said it, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be satisfied. Well, he fell off there. That must have hurt. You really want the guy to fall over. No, it's if you're directing well, an action film, you smash the woods and he with the railing and he tumbles over. You know, let's let's see some action yeah. here. Well, if you had the camera from a distance like that while they fight on on top of a roof of a barn, you you expect it because they're gonna fall. Right. Like this camera angle, like Look. you know, otherwise it would it would be up there. You see. Yeah. But he waited forever to do it. Sharon's on a chair, man. She's just, she's just like looking like, oh. Well, she is tied up, but yeah, you're right, really. Mike. That'll happen later. Two of them will gawk at a fight. You'll see. They won't do shit. Do you think we could, you could see her shadow when they cut to her? So I wonder if you could see the stool. Wow, he's that's a pretty nasty fight. Yeah. When I said the worst choreographic f choreographed fight, I, I guess I really was just talking about the beginning. That that was pretty good. 
No, but this is the fight choreography. The choreography is kind of nasty in this. I mean, yeah. he's, like, he's hitting him with a with a plywood plank. Look, oh, I, watch my stool, boys. Oh yeah. What a weird sight. I'm getting aroused. <laughs> Sharon would be like, "Oh my oh, god, going down my boobs." Oh, the blood goes back to your arms. It's a stretch on arms, uh, strong arms at this point. Kick. You see how good it's that so was. Kick. Yeah. Oh, they're they're equally matched. Right. Good cyborg and bad, yeah. bad cyborg. Cyborg against cyborg. Oh, look, it's the people under the stairs. Ouch! Now he runs away. <laughs> yeah. Tattoo's in pursuit. Come back and finish this fight. Yeah, see that those glass that glass begs to be broken. Now watch, here's what you were talking about. They will just watch. Oh yeah. They're just... I can't believe they're still fighting like this. I mean, why uh... help by going over there and like grabbing the guy's feet, you know? I mean Yeah, right. To give it a little gun. Maybe they want to ride home and they don't know who's gonna win. <laughs> This fight's go on forever. Yeah, this is it. We know who's going to win now. Klaatu is like, die! Or, uh, turn off. Un-cyborg. <laughs> right. Cyborg, off! <laughs> Cy Did you hear about the Jewish android? Cyborg? Cyberg, <laughs> yeah, golden cyberg. <laughs> Call me Cy. Yeah, right. That's perfect. Yeah. Call me Cy. Two Star Trek connections trapped in a crappy ass movie. Now you see how he fishtailed around the corner of the cop car. That's really good, yeah. but we should see it. We shouldn't see it through the. I don't even think the director realized what he got. Yeah. There he is. I worked with Elvis. You remind me of a young man I used to play with. <laughs> it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> Die for it. Lie for it. Lie. He's now seeing for the first time the truth. It's a cyborg. Uh -huh. So. The professor's been standing there like a pussy the whole time. I know. And he's going Well, in. he made him, right? He, yeah. He, now we're so having he's the saying love. You create... Oh. I want to have cyborg babies. Yeah. All right. Jesus, this movie is so long, and by the end of it, they renamed it Cyborg 2092. <laughs> I did that joke before, a variation. 
Oh, and last week I had a good joke on the title. I said Cyber 2087 is about my uh, 100th uh, high school, me showing up to my uh, 100th uh, high school anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So far in the future. I got to reuse that one. <laughs> hey, Spiegelman, you're looking good. Fresh packs right yeah. out of the factory. So Spiegelman, did you ever become a cartoonist like you wanted to be in high school? Jesus Christ, man. Why are you bringing this up 100 years later? No, I'm a cyborg. You used to make all those great comics, man. I started photocopying. Yeah, whatever happened. Did I send oh, them? Oh, well, thanks, man. No, you oh, you have them? No. Nope. Anyway, I, I feel kind of bad. Oh, yeah, that's right. But I did photocopy. Oh, he's going. Oh, well, I appreciate that. You bet. I was a little cool to people, and I, I, you know, that's old Mike. I'd rather just bottle it up and put it in a little spaceship and disappear. Oh, he's going to go in there, and they're going to have no special effects other than they cut to an empty field. Right, and you'll see that the time has passed because the daylight has changed and the wind is blowing. You'll see. Well, they can't, you, even, they can't even match it. Now yeah, she knows right, it's the afternoon. She knows at nine PM everything will like she'll forget everything. She'll go back to normal. Look at her, she's skipping through. Ha la la la. Yeah. Listen, man, the, the shoes these ladies wear are like crazy. They can yeah. the fact the dancer ran down the hill in them. Oh yeah. They're like, what time is it? And they go, nine o'clock. Boing. Boing. They're gone. Boing. It never happened. Instead of high noon, it's by noon. Bye. By noon. Look at these tumbleweeds, man. I mean, don't they realize they're playing into their own stereotypes? They can't help it. They just keep tumbling along. Tumbleweeds. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Yeah, like all the Where'd you blow? Stuff. An abandoned town? Oh, gee whiz. Yeah. Okay. Remember the time that Ghost Town had robots in the future? Right. I remember that. Okay, so now nobody remembers that because it never happened. This is before. This is the day of uh, Professor Marx's big presentation to the military guys. Radio telepathy. How come, like, don't you think there's a jerk move what they're doing? Like, they're both talking in the same room. I I mean, they're probably like comics that are like, oh, yeah, we're in the back of the room. No no one can hear us. (laughs) No, it's not the performance yet. There he is. Hey. Hello, Professor Marks. I mean, Freud. Hello, Sigmund. I mean, Hello, Carl. I mean, Glennon, I mean, Carl. Hello, Trotsky. I mean, Marx. I mean, the USS Beagle. I mean, <laughs> Darwin. I mean, Sigmund. All right. Oh, look, it's Bull from Night Court. Richard Mall. Communication system. Radio telepathy. 
I know all the actors in this movies are like our dads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a robot from the future came and took yeah. me to show me what happened. Klaatu appeared. At first, I didn't believe it. A killer robot from the future came. The Terminator? No, it was Cyborg 20. Just forget it. It wasn't even anything like Terminator. Well, you know, in Cyborg 2087 Genesis, uh, Robot goes back in time and decides not to go to the town, so this never happens. <laughs> are they are they wrapping this movie up, really? Yeah. Uh, we still have more time. Uh, once again, they didn't do it right. He should have gone in front yeah. of them and said, gentlemen, it's a failure, whatever, and then he should have given this reason why to Sharon. You know, what are you talking about, cyborgs? Yeah, so, you know, they should have had, like, you know, maybe he should have clapped it at the end, like, in the, man, the day they were just still, like, going to the, the square and say, I am just a humble robot, cyborg in the future, but instead of having this guy give the speech. Right. Anyway, he doesn't tell him about the cyborg or anything. He just says, listen, you guys are going to turn my crap into a weapon somehow. We're not doing it. And the military guys, unlike what they could have done in the plot, were like, damn, shucks, Professor. You know, they could have really <laughs> threatened him. But anyway. Oh, my God. That's the power play, giving, dismissing people and then uh, hanging up your coat on the coat rack. <laughs> right. Now I can start my day. Yeah. Told them. Look at the Gordon Gecko. Inappropriate, Karen, but thank you. Not suitable for work, that hug. <laughs> I watched a movie about that. One time I went to Mexico for work to uh... – Cellular, I forget the name, Centurion, whatever. I went to a wireless company down there, and all the girls in Mexico, the women, um, when they say hello, you know, you shake the guy's hands, and the girls get close to you, lean on you, and kiss your cheek. I swear to God, Mike. Huh. Never knew. But, I mean, part of the greeting is the leaning in. I'm serious. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Huh. Well. Oh, look, there. Finally, I get some work done. Where's that bottle? Now, here's our last scene. It's the same scene we were in with the cops before, and we're going to get, like, uh, Wendell Corey being like, nothing ever happens in this town, and that's supposed to be our big ah-ha-ha ah, ah, moment. Yeah, they're just reading comic books and playing. Right. Oh, they're playing poker again. And five-card draw. Yeah. You see, it says the West. I really don't think it should have. I think it should have been a sci-fi mag, you know? 
Right. It was with maybe a killer robot on the cover. Right, exactly. Hogwash. It could have been ducks. I knew Elvis. I was in his second movie. Wah wah. That's the ending of every X Files. <laughs> you see how we have a spaceship? Why? We should have some cyborg. Oh, tie it in. Right. Well, maybe that was the, the artist model for the spaceship they built. Right. Or maybe it should have been the futuristic yeah. city. Yeah, right. Oh, did you know this was filmed in a studio in Hollywood, Carl? Yes, I did. Absolutely. And just so Excellent you ever card. want to go to that ghost town, too. Um, yeah. Let's see. Here it That's is. That's the safe farm. <laughs> Harry, Harry Tarantino, I think we know. I think I've seen him in this stuff before. Oh, uh, there's Chevy Johnson. Ch yeah. Ghost Tarnation. How in the heck did you do that? Yeah, all-star cast. They really did. Uh, it's the Bronson Caves, Bronson Canyon, Griffith Park. 4730 oh, yeah. right. Springs Drive in Los Angeles if you ever want to go to the ghost town. It's probably still there. Well, I love it. Yeah. Carl, what do you think of this movie? Cyborg 2087 from 1976. It was not good. Uh, I, I think that they could have, even with their low budget and everything, if they just did a few plot points, they could have really brought out some drama and done it better. But they didn't. And I think they should have spent the money on the cyborg, like, you know, on his chest and everything. And his, his arm. They should have spent the money. I don't know. $500? There, it was a $100,000 budget in 1966. This was intended to be for TV. Uh, they it had oh. a theatrical release. It was one of nine films that this company made to go on TV, and they all were theatrically released. I think they they just bobbled the, they t fumbled the football a bunch of times. My opinion. Yeah, I could see that. I enjoyed it. You know, like for a bad like mystery science theater type movie, it was actually had a, a pace that was swift enough. It wasn't too corny. Yes. Despite that robot sentiment, you know, <laughs> it, has, it address, was a little maudlin. The robot. Let me address yeah. mystery science theater, okay? Listen, the only okay. similarity we have to that show is we watch a movie. That's all. We don't have puppets. Well, we they don't create gags. And listen, that whole premise was created. Yeah. Well, they were the ones that kind of created the genre. I mean, it has been done before. I think uh, Firestone Theater had done some, like, what they would usually do is they would change the dialogue of movies. Like, so they would show a movie with no audio, and then, like, people would improvise dialogue. <laughs> and, you know, TV, TV stations always showed bad movies, so the TV station took the movies from their library, and they talked over the movies, and they right. ripped off of it. So they created that genre. You know, the, if it was already created, they were the Big Bang. So this whole genre is based off of that show. So I, out of respect, I you know, we, we go off on tangents. We talk about other things. Our show is, is kind of evolved from – or not evolved, but different enough, and, and potentially so, So to the point where I don't want to repeat movies that were on the TV show. So if this movie was on the TV show, you know, it, it was a forced error. I didn't expect it. Right, right. Okay. 
So you're a man of integrity. You are. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of entertainment, and if the show's already done it, or another show's already done it, mm-hmm. there's plenty of other movies, you know. Okay. I like there the are. stuff anyway. Yeah. Agree. Including next week's movie, Carl. Yes. So uh, next week's movie, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to try to uh, pander to millennials and do a VHS children's film from 1992. This is a uh, second movie of a trilogy, the Munchies trilogy. Uh, this movie is not Munchies. It is Munchies, singular, M-U-N-C-H-I-E, and it's from 1992. By the way, the third movie was Munchie Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we have on YouTube a trailer, so if you type in Munchie 1992, I see Munchie trailer 1992 from Video Detective. Okay. Pause All it. All right. Let's... I got my audio up. All okay. right. Go ahead, Carl, if you do us a pleasure. Three, two, one, go. Old Horizons presents... Video blockbuster. Yeah. With a few class projects. Like getting back in the school. Ah. It's a family film of a film that had a munchie staring up a woman's uh, skirt. Sounds like the guy in War Games. Eddie Deason? No, the. Uh, the other one who is from Canada who was in that movie we saw, Meatballs 3. Yeah. Meatballs 3. Yeah, maybe it is. Hot, but Lonnie well, He has magic powers. Yeah. Great. And hot feet. Wow, that was a fireball. Yeah. Wow. Yes. You get whatever it is back to Gage. Andrew Stevens. I've got arrested. Marty Johnson. Oh, wow. Laughing. Jamie McKenna. Yeah. Evil cyborg Roland Martin Laughing. Sometimes you got to help people in spite of themselves. Tom DeLuise, that's a good, interesting... He does uh, Watch this, oh well. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that is our movie next week. It's an adorable Munchies uh, hand puppet voiced <laughs> by Tom DeLuise based on the hard-rated R uh, teen sex comedy. It's the family direct-to-video sequel, Munchie, for 1992. 
Uh, Carl, any place anyone could see you? Um, are, are your shows canceled now, your in-person shows? Well, no, I did that one in-person show, and that was okay. Uh, there were only 10 people uh-huh. there. 10 people. What kind of a benefit? Oh. How much money did they raise? You know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know. So my open mic, I might go uh, real uh, at the Reserve Club in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. We will see. If so, it'll be next Tuesday. We'll see. Listen, Mike, oh, I was so are you gonna... doing the yeah. Zoom at the same time. I was thinking about it. Well, that's what I was going to say. All right. Well, I'm there, man, if you need me. Excellent. Excellent. I'll, I'll zoom in your live show. Project you on the wall. I'm, I'm going to be an asshole and wear a mask, though. 